On the Newman Jets Audio Network, this is the JetCast, the official podcast of Newman University Athletics, featuring exclusive interviews with coaches, players, administrators, and more. The JetCast podcast is brought to you by Ascension Via Christi, Donlinger Construction, Mel Hambledon Ford, Eck Agency, Dr. Brennan Lucas and Advanced Orthopedic Associates, Keystone Solid Surfaces, Big Corner Creative, Pepsi, and by... I cryo recovery and wellness. Here's the voice of the Newman Jets, Blake Cripps. Newman Bowling continues barreling toward the postseason. The women entered last weekend 59 and 29, then went 9 and 3 last weekend in their first year as an NCAA program, while the men and women are also trying to qualify for the U.S. Bowling Congress sectionals and going to nationals. They qualified for sectionals for the 20th straight year, both the men and the women. Sectionals are this weekend on Saturday and Sunday. Director of Bowling, Billy Murphy, joins us here on the JetCast for Episode 91. And Billy, it kind of feels like we got a taste with this with women's basketball going to MIAA Madness. This kind of feels like your March Madness now for bowling. You guys are in postseason in the hunt. Regular season is complete and uh, pretty exciting time around the bowling office, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's it's always great this time of year. You know, I mean, how cool was it to have our women uh, basketball team make the MIAA conference uh, tournament for the first time that was just spectacular and things are going in the a positive direction um, and then you know we leave this weekend to, to try to make our own trip to nationals sure so, yep well and, and you guys both men and women qualifying for sectionals again saturday and sunday uh, this is the women's last tune-up uh, you guys still have you know the last tune-up for you uh, was last weekend in lincoln nebraska so yep. tell us about the big red classic hosted by the corn huskers how did that go up there in the corn husker state yeah it was good um and and honestly as a coaching staff we kind of knew that we had to have one good last event and probably nine wins was the magic number to to get us into the conversation for an at-large bid if we were not to win the glvc conference championship Um, and you know we had a win against Youngstown State, which is the seventh-ranked team in the country. Uh, we, you know, we competed really well against Nebraska and Arkansas State. We lost those matches, but they were really good matches. Um, and and the ladies are just—they're bowling really good right now. Uh, you know, a couple of matches against Central Missouri, uh, w- where we won both of those. So, you know, that's always good. Um, and they're just—they're just doing a great job of competing and not getting caught up at the moment. So. Well, you mentioned earlier in the year. You know, and maybe maybe he was just softballing us, and you know, <laughs> keeping the standard low, so that, that now that he's you know that they're winning about sixty percent of their games, he looks like a genius. But you were thinking, <laughs> you know, man, you know, if we could just be five hundred this year. So basically, you're you, you slow rolled us, and in, in terms of how good, like like a veteran coach coach would, you, you slow rolled us. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe a little bit, uh, but you know, going into the NCA side, you know, we have never been on that side and sure. never competed, and getting to know the level of play over there, um, you know, we really didn't know what we were walking into. Uh, you always know who the the top ten teams are because those teams are generally the same. Uh, but, you know, we just didn't know. But I will also tell you from a development piece, 
you know, Coach Bandy, our our assistant coach on the ladies' side, has done an incredible job uh, developing our players. Um, and the combination of her development and our players just coming in and working hard every week uh, to get better because they saw the level of play at the first event, and I think they went, oh, man, we gotta we got to get better. Sure. Uh, and it just kind of snowballed from there. So once we got a view of it, um, I think they thought they could compete, um, and they knew they had to get better, and that's kind of what they did. You know, it was just – it's been a really great year, um, but the girls have just done a great job of developing and competing. Well, let's talk a little bit about also the last uh, tournament for the men. Mm-hmm. Women got ninth at it, men 13th at the Hoosier Invite. Uh, obviously, feel free to, to, to talk on the ladies as well, but since it's the men's last event of the regular season yeah. – kind of focusing on them a little bit more how did you feel about their 13th place finish yeah it was good um you know the hoosier has 78 men's varsity teams from around the country and probably the top 50 teams in the country are there so um i mean we we bowled at a good level uh we made a couple crucial mistakes at times uh but i mean the guys have bowled so good this year again um they're they're competing hard uh, you know, we we have a, a solid group from the past, and then we add three freshmen to that mix, um, and the chemistry is really good. Um, and and they too, I mean, just from development, right? They are they are just young people that come in and work hard. Um, they're not afraid to practice. I stop practice at the end of the day, whatever time it is, and those guys continue to practice afterwards on their own. So, uh, you know, it's a testament to what they're doing, um, how they're growing. Um, And, you know, 13th, while we would want more, um, it's still about a progression of the season and trying to peak at the right time. And, you know, hopefully that will that will start this weekend. So after sectionals on the women's side, the women are going to head to the conference championships, Mm -hmm. the GLVC championships, March 24th through the 26th. Where is that? And and these are kind of, they're two postseasons that you can Mm -hmm. advance in that really don't affect one another. Correct. That is correct. Yeah. It's a, there's a NCA national championship. um, And if you win that, um, that's awesome. But that following week is the USBC National Championship, which all of the acronyms in our world compete in. Sure. NCA, NJCA, NAIA, and then your uh, unaffiliated club teams are also a part of that. So um, there there are two chances to win national championship, which uh, which should be fun. Yeah, that, that's pretty awesome. So uh, NCAA regionals. Uh, you, you mentioned the chance to get an at-large bid, which is not something in the USBC world that, that you can do. How does that work in terms of at-large bid? You know, we, we're very well-versed in terms of the selection committee, in terms of the, the men's basketball tournament at the Division One level and Division uh, One women's basketball of picking the at-larges and Joe Lenardi and bracketology and all that. Where do you guys, if there was a bowling bracketologist, who, where would the Joe Lenardi of the bowling world have you guys on the women's side? Uh, well, his his name is Mike Crouser. So there is a guy. There is a guy. Uh, uh, he, he basically takes care of all the data, all the stats for all of NCA bowling all year long. Um, and I haven't talked to him, so I don't know where he stands on that. Uh, but the NCA side, it's kind of like all the other sports. Uh, you know, there's nine at-large bids uh, that come from conference tournament winners. And then there's eight um, 
at large bids. Okay. Uh, so, so nine automatic and eight at large. Yep. Okay. And so after we bowl the GLVC, you know, if we win, we're in. If we don't, it goes to the selection committee, which will be announced that next Wednesday. Uh, so GLVC is in the Chicago area. It's hosted by Lewis University. Um, and we'll go do that. And then that next Wednesday, you know, win or lose, we'll find out whether we get to go uh, on to regionals. So NCAA championships, then the USBC Nationals. You know, at one point in basketball, there was a time when the NIT and the NCAA mm-hmm. were kind of competing with each other, and there was a good chunk of the population, maybe even a majority, that thought you know, the NIT is the more prestigious title. Is there one or the other that is more prestigious since we're kind of new to this phase of the base of the bowling world or um you know like now obviously winning an nit is great but it's not the ncaa title or is this a situation where you know whatever title you win you'll hang a banner for whichever one you get well i think we will hang a banner <laughs> for whichever great. one we get uh it, it really depends on who you talk to sure. you know if you talk to only a, a team a university that's only competing on the ncaa side they're going to definitely tell you that that blue dot is the the most prestigious, and in the, in a lot of minds it probably is right. Um, but us being on the USBC side for so long, um, that that side is still very important to us. Uh, you know, someday we'd like to win both. I, that that would be great if you can get the sweep. So, yeah. you know, talk about the ladies right now that are bowling well for you. If you're going to make a run this weekend, these are the USBC uh, sectionals. And um, before we wrap up here, start racking your brains. I want to know if there's a way for uh, Jet fans to follow you mm-hmm. guys, uh, whether there's video, if it's going to be on Facebook, social media, what, where yeah. that could, will be. But who are the ladies who are going to have to bowl well to get you into the NCAA tournament and, and obviously get you to uh, USBC Nationals if you guys are going to make it. Yeah, I, you know, I think I say this every time I come in here, but our, our There's group, not just one. Our, our group is such a uh, by-committee group. Uh, you know, like this last weekend in Nebraska, freshman Cassidy uh, Miller averages 230, makes the all-tournament team, and she had kind of been struggling all year, but she got lined up and she just she went after it and bowled great. Um, if you go by averages, you know, Morgan Cooper, uh, senior, has, has led us for the year. Uh, but, you know, there's Bradley Prockish. There's Kinsley Morris, who's made an all-tournament team. You know, we've got seven young ladies that all can get it done. And just collectively, they, they have to do it together. And this is very unusual for you. It is, you know, you're not, not that it's a bad thing, but yeah. compared to teams you've had, you know, normally you have one or two that establish themselves and you haven't this year. Does that give you any more trepidation going into postseason, or does that maybe give you a comfort level? Like, well, I don't know who it's going to be, but we've got so many who have done it this year. Yeah. You know, what's the chances all of them are going to bowl badly? Probably pretty small. Yeah, it is small. Um, and I don't think any coach is ever comfortable going into sure, postseason. Sure. Uh, but but from our perspective, uh, you know, we've talked about this in the past. We, we literally are just trying to live in the moment and take care of what is in front of us. Uh, we, we try not to think about the past. We really try not to think about the future um and easy, I, easy and, for us to say yeah, here and i know all that is coach talk uh but our athletes this year i mean it's been an interesting year because we have done some different things as far as classroom sessions and and reading a book and just trying to get our mind in a good place but our athletes have really done a great job of living um that book um and i expect that to happen again this weekend 
Um, so just moving forward, you know, talking about the girls, but also the guys, right? Well, and the thing I was going to ask about them, you know, the ladies, I would think that there would be less pressure on them, not because this event means any less to them, yeah. but because, you know, well, we've still got NCAA. So the season's even not over, you know, yeah. the season's not over, you still have something yeah. to play for. For the guys, it's all on the line. They want to be bowling in April. They must perform this weekend. So how do they approach it from the proper perspective? And, and who are the guys who are going to have to bowl well to get you to nationals with them in April? I think it would be their ninth trip as a program in yeah. your history. Yeah. Um, again, you know, we, we have leaned hard on a couple freshmen this year. Uh, Zach and Noah have been terrific. You know, Zach's 12th in the country or uh, Noah's 12th in the country in average. I think Zach is around 24th, 25th, somewhere in there. You know, so to have two guys in the top 50 is pretty amazing. But them bo- both to be two freshmen. Um, but has is, that ever happened before? Uh, not in this program. Not for you, guys. <laughs> I think it has probably, you know, once or twice. But it, it's a testament to those guys and the experience they had coming in. But then you have seniors, Chas and Poe Haas and James McIver, who have both had really good years. And then you get to Silas, who has maybe not had the greatest year. Uh, but from a team leader standpoint, uh, you, you just you know you can depend on him to keep it at the right level and the right mindset. Um, and you know I'm kind of looking forward to the weekend because I think Silas is going to be really good. He's made some adjustments in his fi- his physical game oh, since we got back from the Hoosier. Um, and I, I think he's going to bowl really good this week. Silas Limes, by the way, you're going to hear from him next on the JetCast. And also, Bethany Griffiths will wrap up our JetCast this week talking women's golf as she had a fantastic week last time out, a personal best at the Diffie Ford Lincoln Invitational down in Oklahoma City. So we're wrapping up after this here. If fans want to follow you this weekend at sectionals is there a way to do that and then ahead for the ladies at the ncaa's uh, and the glbc uh, championships obviously got to get through those first how will fans follow you how can they follow you on social media video anything like that here these next few weeks yeah at sectionals this weekend we actually have uh, facebook live for both programs on the on the respective bowling page yeah our women are on newman bowling um, and Newman men's bowling, okay. separate separate ones, and there will be uh, video feeds on both of those. Uh, Bowl TV will also be covering um, sectionals, and basically how that works, if we're bowling on a pair that Bowl TV is covering, it will be on Bowl TV. Okay. If we're on alternate pairs, it will be on our our okay. pages. And then, so and where can fans get Bowl TV? Is that a TV channel? Is that a video? Yeah, you can go to bowl.com. Bowl.com. Um, okay. And you can get connected there. Okay. So, yep. bowl.com or the two Facebook pages for Newman Bowling for the women's team, Newman Men's Bowling for the men's team, Billy Murphy, the director of all the bowling. You've got a lot to direct this week. Best <laughs> of luck to you and all the Jets. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Blake. Joining us next, a sophomore from Wichita, Mr. Limes, joins us to talk bowling and talk about the men heading into their postseason next on the JetCast. Hi, friends. Phil Nightingale, General Manager of Mel Hamilton Ford. Effective immediately, we have changed our sales hours on Saturday. All sales staff will work every other Saturday and will close early at 5 p.m. on Saturday. At Mel Hamilton Ford, people matter. We're certain these new sales hours will be better for our sales staff and their families. We invite you to embrace our new hours and schedule appointments meant to value your time. Mel Hamilton Ford, taking care of customers and employees since 1984, experience the difference. 
From the moment you walk through the doors at Ascension Via Christi, you'll hear the sounds of hope, health, and strength. Because Ascension Via Christi is more than just hospitals, ERs, and clinics. Ascension Via Christi teams start by understanding you, your health, and your life to deliver the care that's right for you. Connected to a national network of care and the expertise of a wide range of doctors and specialists. Ascension Via Christi in Wichita. Listening to you, caring for you. Find a doctor online at healthcare.ascension.org. Well, as we talked about in the first segment, this is almost kind of like March Madness for the bowling teams here at Newman as they are approaching very close to the really critical part of their season in terms of postseason play. Silas Limes, a sophomore out of Wichita Heights with a 191 average on the year, a top 25 finish as well, joins us here on the JetCast to talk a little bowling with us here today. Thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it, I Silas. I appreciate you having me here. Well, talk to us a little bit about your last event. How do you feel like you did there uh Hoosier it was a bit interesting for me this year it wasn't my probably my worst event of the year but you know it was all right uh more so just pretty much rode the bench which is okay in my book you know just cheerleading the guys they did pretty good this weekend uh basically just trying to be there and just being like the person and just keep up the energy and just keep good vibes going for everybody you've had good results in the past but obviously you know in every sport you're gonna have ebbs and flows where you perform really well and don't perform well you know and, and I know that coach Murphy has talked a lot about you know this these mental exercises and the mental gymnasium you know when you're going through a performance where you don't feel like you're bowling to the expectations that you have for yourself that you need to be where you're for your team that coach has for you how do you kind of deal with that and accept it but obviously you don't want to accept it too much because you do want to perform it and get better yeah exactly uh it's one of those things where i just kind of like try to do my best to like not really bother me because as coach murphy knows i'm pretty like cool calm and collected most of the time where i don't try to let like even if i'm bowling bad i don't try to let my emotions like burst out and just cause a negative energy on everyone on the team as well so i pretty much just try to put in the back of my head and say hey whatever happened it happened you know we can't change it now that it's in the past so let's just stay in the present and just keep on looking forward so you know this time of year for certain sports i mean we just got a little bit of a taste of it here at newman with the newman women's basketball team making the miaa tournament but you get that feeling march madness postseason that excitement do you guys get that as well this time of year in bowling as players oh yeah most definitely a lot of the guys you know even the guys who aren't like a part of the team or get to travel with us to bowl saturday and sunday they're just really excited for all of us because they just want our team to have a chance to make it in nationals and have the chance to win the Helmer Cup. So it's one of those things where everyone, good energy flowing this week, where every time we go to practice, we're just trying to get two solid hours every day and just working hard to get prepared for this weekend. Is there anything differently that you do when you're prepping for sectionals? Obviously, it's a different event. It is a event that's obviously way more important than any other event. You know, they'll, you'll hear coaches say, well, every, you know, every game's the same and all the points are worth the same. This one isn't worth the same. Yeah. This one's worth a lot more. Do you try to keep it the same? Do you change? What's the approach that Coach Murphy's had? And what's your personal approach? Uh, for the most part, you don't want to, like, try to reinvent the wheel with everything. It's just more of just fine-tuning, like, the small little like things in your game and everything like that because you don't really want to try to change everything and just be like have no idea what you're going to do this weekend so it's more of just kind of 
just like defining everything you've been working on and just making sure you don't have those small little mistakes in there. What's it like to be coached by Coach Murphy, who, by the way, is behind the camera right now? So uh, I'm not sure how how honest of an answer we're going to get. Oh no, uh, I really I really appreciate uh, Coach Murphy and everything he's done. It was one of the reasons why I wanted to come to Newman because he made me feel like he made me feel very valued and like I could be a very important part of the team. So it's always nice having his opinion and just having him be there for me. Well, and not only that, but I did want to also ask you about that. You know, you're a guy who came, I think I've got here on my notes, former Wichita Heights Falcon coming in here for the Jets. And, you know, you had probably the opportunity to go elsewhere, decided to stay here at home in the air capital. What was it about Newman, Coach Murphy, and obviously uh, – you, you probably would not be staying in bowling here in Wichita if you hated Wichita. <laughs> so what made the decision for you to stay here at home and become a Jet? Uh, well, kind of like you said, it's just at home. So it's just I have that comfort of, like, family and friends and just being able to just be with around the people I love and enjoy. Uh, for Newman, one of the things that made it easier is that my brother Caleb went here the four years before me. So I kind of had a idea of how Newman was, like, both academically and athletically. So it was one of those things where it kind of made it easy for me to get along with some of the guys on the team because I was able to hang out with them a little bit, like my more my junior and senior year when Caleb was beginning to like get on the end of his college career. But it was one of those things where I always see whenever I go bowl league or tournaments, I'd see Billy there, talk to him for a little bit, and just got was able to know him, like get to know him more. So it just made it easier to like kind of trust him and also believe, like have belief that he has belief in me. I know that they've got you know some events that they will bowl here. How many of those did you go to as a, as a high schooler thinking, you know, this would be something that I'd like to do when I'm in college? Uh, basically, like I probably went to all of them. Granted, I probably stayed longer the last two years than sure. I did the first two years because it was like one of those things I was still trying to decide like my freshman and sophomore year in high school if I really wanted to do bowling in college. But more my junior and senior year, because I believe my junior year, like which was the COVID year, I believe I even helped at mid states and just kind of like helped make sure like people weren't getting in the bowling alley. So I was able to watch then. So it was kind of nice. Sectionals are coming up this week on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, obviously for you guys, that is your big part of the year. Um, you know, any pressure that you guys have placed on yourself? You know, have you? made team goals have you talked about a team like you know we this is what we want to accomplish getting back to nationals how much have you guys discussed about that and obviously it's going to be hard to have a really great spring break if this weekend doesn't go the way that you guys would like it to go yeah i mean we like throughout the whole year we kind of like talked about goals and like small like short-term and long-term goals of course the one long-term goal is to just make it to nationals to have the chance but it's one of those things where right now we like even though we want to have that chance we're kind of just focusing on what's right ahead of us right now which is sectionals which is no easy thing so it's one of those things where like we're not trying to put too much pressure on ourselves, but still realize like, hey, we can't just come in here and act like we're going to run it over and just like ignore all the other good teams that are going to be there this weekend. Of course. So it's one of those things where we kind of realize the importance of it, but we also understand that we can't put too much pressure on ourselves this Well, weekend. final question. How do you walk that fine line? You know, understanding what the moment is, but obviously wanting to perform your best, knowing all the things that could happen for you guys.
guys so many positive things that could happen if you bowl well and you know, wanting to avoid that disappointment? How do you put it all together individually? How do you put it all together as a team to put your best foot forward on Saturday? I think it's just important for like all the guys in general to just kind of understand like the perspective of what's going on around them in the moment because like yesterday at practice coach Murphy kind of talked to us about like what scores would be needed to like or what like the past few years have been like for sure. the scores to qualify for nationals because sometimes we kind of think that the we might see some teams scoring like a little bit higher so then we think the scoring pace is a lot higher than it truly is so I think it's just important for us to understand what the actual like scoring pace will be for this weekend both individually and team wise and just kind of make sure we stay in that perspective of like not trying to like panic whenever we see some team bowling really good and we're not we're not on pace with them or anything like that sectionals coming up this week and if the jets can bowl well they could punch their ticket now united states bowling congress may be calling them for nationals in april but they got to get through sectionals on saturday and sunday this week joining us here is mr lime sophomore from uh, wichita Heights High School. Silas, best of luck to you and all the Navy and Red coming up this weekend. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. We'll be talking women's golf with Beth coming up next. Dondlinger Construction is currently hiring qualified CDLA truck drivers, heavy equipment operators, and heavy civil concrete carpenters for projects in and around the Wichita metro area. Dondlinger Construction is employee-owned and offers competitive weekly pay and benefits. Quick start your new career and apply online at dondlinger.biz. That's D-O-N-D-L-I-N-G-E-R dot B-I-Z. Dondlinger Construction is an EEO-compliant employer. Veterans, women, and minorities encouraged to apply. The Newman Jets are now full members of the MIAA. Now, we need your full support. Help the Jets soar by joining the Aviator Club, Newman's premier level of athletic support. Your assistance directly impacts student-athletes and can be designated for facilities, uniforms, media coverage, or your favorite team. Receive exclusive benefits and support the Navy in Red at newmanjets.com slash aviatorclub. That's newmanjets.com slash aviatorclub. Or call 316-942-4291 and ask for athletics. Wrapping up here on episode 91 of the JetCast with some women's golf as the ladies were in action last time out at the Dippy Ford Lincoln Invitational in Oklahoma City. Bethany Griffiths, a sophomore from England, finished tied for 36th and had a personal best 75 in the second round of the event with a team high four birdies. Congratulations, Beth, and on uh, your performance and welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having the time to, to spend with us here oh, today. Thanks for having me on. Well, uh, you come back after, and by the way, um, you know, before we get started, voices, both of us sound a little bit low. Uh, Coach Torgerson was actually supposed to be on the show this week and was just deathly ill. Didn't even watch the ladies perform just so that she could uh, get the girls home because she drives to and from most of these events in the vans. And, uh, you know, Beth said, you know, I think that she's got a touch of that. I think I've already got a touch of that from maybe the MIAA tournament. I don't know. But, um, you know, what does it say about your coach? Uh, she kind of had to, to tough it out for you ladies this week. Oh, no, absolutely. She is always toughing it out for us. She can never do enough. Like, 
she's such a great coach and we ha- we were lucky enough to have our assistant Matthias with us this week uh, so we did we had some coaching on the course but no we were wanting her to get well because we've got some big tournaments coming up and you know it's it's just nice to have her there uh, as moral support as well as you know our assistant coach so but uh, we obviously we hope that she didn't pass on too much of what she had to you no, ladies as hope. well <laughs> uh, so a second round 75 what do you think clicked for you on the course there in that second round your your best ever as a jet yeah yeah it's uh it certainly clicked i uh what i call boring regulation golf fairways and greens uh we made a lot of putts i did have those four birdies on that day which was which was great um but i think i really just found my groove i found a good mindset to stay in and yeah it just came out to 75 which i was i was very pleased with is that your style because there are you know there's different ways to play the game mm-hmm. now you say you know standard boring regulation yeah. golf of you know which is typically don't make a bunch of mistakes mm-hmm. take take five sixes sevens out of play uh, is that your normal style or do you typically play more of an aggressive style how what would you characterize your style of golf I feel like this season I want to play that more boring regulation golf okay. I've I've been playing that golf where I kind of taking the aggressive lines taking the aggressive pins and as you say taking those big numbers out really makes a big difference and so this season yeah definitely going in with that mindset of that regulation golf and just enjoying it rather than you know, putting pressure on myself to hit greens and hit pins in places that really shouldn't be hit. So. Sure. Yeah, sometimes they give you that, that location and you mm-hmm. think, oh, yeah, we can get that. And then, well, based on the wind, like, no, you really mm-hmm. can't. What was it like for you? Because, you know, Felisa Sahulga has been a great performer for this golf mm-hmm. team for a long time. And you guys were kind of pushing each other there. She finished, I think, just one shot back of you. Yes, what was that yeah. like to have her on the course kind of pushing you forward? Oh, it was awesome. It was awesome. So we play, she played behind me. Uh, she's our one bag. So it's really nice that we had a couple of weights on some tees, some, uh, you know, tees that we were together. And it was really nice with just a fist bump, but kind of, you got this, like to hear a positive word from her all the time. There's never a negative word. is really encouraging. And we kind of, yeah, we pushed each other that second day to make those birdies, to go out, to shoot good scores. And we both improved. We all improved on our first round score, which is really key. And I think, yeah, she's a she's a key player of our program, but it's really nice to be up there with her and push her and have her push me. So, How yeah. much do you guys like Lincoln Park Golf Course? And, I mean, obviously, if you, you shot a, a personal best in, in the second round, it must probably feel like, yeah, I hope we go back next year, right? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So my, my last season best was at Lincoln Park at 76. Okay. So we, we really like that course. Sure. We do go back every year. Um, and so it's, it's just a good place to be. It's... Uh, doesn't really matter what the weather's doing. We know that we can shoot good scores out there, that it is scorable. So, yeah, it's, it's really nice. We, we're excited to go back. So we are certainly expecting and planning on getting Coach Torgerson on when she is feeling a little bit closer to 100% a future uh, episode of the JetCast. But when Coach Torgerson is 100%, which mm-hmm. is not this week, but what has she been working on when she is in either the golf room with you or when you guys get out on the range, weather's been a bit dodgy here in Kansas, and I'm sure that you yeah. – I'm, sure I'm sure that happens over in England as well. But uh, when she's out on the course with you, what's the thing in your game that she's been kind of trying to tool with you a little bit, trying to work on and build up for you here this season? So as you say, the weather's not been great, um, and we know that we have to play in any condition, and that's, that's, that's just like it's something that comes with golf and something that we have to kind of battle through mentally and physically. So we've been working a lot, especially these past few weeks, on our wedge games, our flighted shots, just so we have one of these days where it's windy, it's not very nice, but we can go out there, we don't have to put the ball up in the air and have it be you know, taken by the wind. You know, It really helped me this week with those wedges that... 
you know, you don't make the green, but you can still make that up and down. And that's very, very critical. But that has been a big, big part of our practices, which we went out there and we, we really used on the course. So that's been really good, yeah. Well, you mentioned you've got some really big events coming up. And one of them, of course, is your home event, the yes, Newman Invite, coming up April 3rd and 4th at Sand Creek Station. Obviously, we hope that you love your home course as much as you do Lincoln Park Golf Course. But how much are you uh, looking forward to, you know, defending your home 18 here in, in a couple of weeks? Oh, no, we're, we're really looking forward to it. Sand Creek is always a, a very interesting play. And we, we do love it out there. It's tough, but everyone plays the course and everyone pushes each other. Um, especially this year, I think we're going to have a lot of family out there um, a lot of support for us, um, which is really, really nice in a home tournament. That's what you want. Um, and I just know that we have all improved a lot since last year. We've all really been pushing ourselves to, you know, like get our games up to a point where we can feel comfortable on courses like Sand Creek. So I just I feel really good going into it that we've got you know a good chance to defend our home course. Obviously, Felisa last year shot one of the best she rounds did. of our program ever out there. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Now I'm assuming most of your family is from Liverpool, England. Yes, Anybody coming across? Yeah, I've got my really? mom, my dad, my two brothers are coming on vacation, wow. as you guys say. So that'll be really nice. I get to have them there. It's the only college tournament they would have watched me play. So wow, big support from international places. Well, this obviously, year. you know sometimes that doesn't always work in the athlete's favor you, you know mm -hmm. you loved ones you spend all that time coming across you want to perform so well for them mm -hmm. how do you keep your emotions in check and, and try to just play your you know your standard boring <laughs> golf and keep the ball in play and in the short grass you know because obviously the, you're going to feel some personal pressure it's very natural to feel that pressure because you want to perform well in front of mom and dad and loved ones oh no absolutely I I just I owe everything to them and so obviously going out there and and just having a good day that's what I went out with at Lincoln Park and I said to myself let's enjoy it let's have a good time and let's not get in a mindset where I'm down on myself and I'm trying to do something I'm trying to push something we're going to play how we play and come off at the end of the day and it's golf it's done and it's left out on the course so I think I'm going to go in with the same mindset um, and just be grateful that I can be out there have my family out there because that is an amazing opportunity and yeah, at the end of the day, it's it's golf. Whether I shoot a you know eighty-seven or a sixty-seven, it's it's going to be out there on the course, and I'm going to have a good time. So, well, it, it, the the stereotype, of course for golf fans here in this country, of course, because, mm -hmm. you know, we, we get the three majors and then now they've kind of switched around a little bit. Now the yeah. British Open is the last major of the year, all links. The Women's British Open is not always a links course. It is more links now that the RNA has been uh, a little bit more hands-on with that mm -hmm. event, but it's not traditionally strictly only links. But uh, do you play most, did you play mostly links? When did you take up the game in England? Did you play mostly links? And then uh, was there any transition when you came over to America and a different style of golf course here in this country? Oh, no, absolutely. So I, I started golf at 13, so it was kind of a, a very critical point where a lot of girls are kind of dropping out of sport. Sure. Um, I kind of took up golf, and, and I really took to it. It was kind of my thing and my family. We have a lot of sporty you know, people in our family, So, but that's kind of my personal thing. Um, but I did grow up uh, kind of playing the Lynx courses because I am from the Gulf Coast of England. Of course. Northwest. So all those open courses like Hillside, you got Royal Birkdale, Royal Liverpool, where the Open is this year. Yes. That's where I kind of grew up around. So I learned very pretty early to fight that weather, to fight those winds. 
um, which was definitely an adjustment coming to Kansas. Oh, for sure. You got different grass, different courses, different way to play, basically, as well as the heat. I nearly melted when I first came in freshman <laughs> year. It was it was a lot, but I think, I'm sure yeah. that there are some days though that you felt like you know with if if you take out everything else and just had the wind, like you know I can almost imagine myself being at Royal That's, Liverpool. Oh, exactly. It's been kind of crazy out here in Kansas, but just add a little bit of drizzle, a little bit of rain. Sure. Feel right at home. Well, so. the, it, it might. Might be there is some precipitation in the forecast <laughs> this week. That's for sure. Uh, you mentioned some of these big events coming up. You guys are almost going to get, and, and I think that this happened last year because Newman hosted the MIAA championships. Mm-hmm. But you guys are almost going to get an MIAA preview because you're going to Missouri Southern. You're going to play Eagle Creek, mm-hmm. and Eagle Creek is where the MIAA championships are this year. So there's even a little bit more added importance to that event because you want to be able to survey the course. You're mm-hmm. probably going to get a preview of some of the hole placements, see where things are going to be for the MIAA championship. So uh, what's the mindset going into that tournament, knowing that, of course, you just want to play well just because you're a competitor, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you want to make sure you, you take good notes because you want to be prepared for the next week as well. No, that's it. I think is is mostly that event is going to be a lot of preparation Um Again, a lot of the pressure, I think, should be, for me, at least taken off of myself to perform there. Um, and especially if we do perform well there, that's a really positive sign going into the MIAA uh, tournament the next week. But, yeah, I think a lot of a lot of note-taking, a lot of surveying, a lot of um, just understanding where the ball's going to react, where the ball is best put on the golf course is kind of what we're going to be focusing on, uh, apart from, you know, scores, obviously. We'd like to have those good scores, but... Yeah, it's they're going to be way more important. I think two weeks later. So you're going to be getting a lot of yardage, uh, a lot of notes in those yardage books yes, coming up sir. here. Um, but we don't want to overlook. Obviously, you've got an event coming up next week, the Hellcat Classic at Bailey Ranch Golf Course, Monday and Tuesday. We'll let make that your final question. Get you out of here on this. You know what? How do you attack this golf course? You head back down to Oklahoma and go down. Have you played Bailey Ranch before? And and, and what's the preparation like going into the Hellcat Classic? Well, we, we feel very good. Obviously, we're coming off a good tournament uh, at Lunking Park, and we've played Bailey before. It's a good course. It's a very interesting course. Uh, a lot of that link style in there, which okay. I kind of like. Um, but, no, we I think we feel good going into it. We feel like uh, it's going to be a good kind of standpoint on where we're progressing as a team and if we can put those team scores up, which, you know, we will be doing. We'll, we're all improving. We're all getting better. So, yeah, we're excited to be back at Bailey and kind of, yeah, see what we can do. The women's golf team back in action on Monday and Tuesday at Bailey Ranch Golf Course at the Hillcat Classic. Bethany Griffith, sophomore on this team, uh, congratulations on your results in the last time. And obviously, best of luck to you and all the Jets next week. We appreciate it. Thank you. We will not be back next week. We're off on spring break. They're hoping they have a good spring break after a great tournament. We will be back with you in a couple of weeks, and we'll be back with a lot of diamond sports coverage as you would expect we'll have coach torgerson on in a later week but baseball and softball coming back from spring break so enjoy your holiday the uh next week and we'll see you the week after that so in wichita blake Cripps saying go jets